0: Hello and welcome to today's BPF Futures podcast. I'm Andrew Teacher, founder at Blackstock Consulting, and I'm here with Amanda Clack, who's head of strategic advisory for CBRE, and Chris Grigg, who's chief executive of British Land. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Andrew. So we're here to talk about BPF Futures. It's BPF Futures' first anniversary. Unfortunately, we were told by security on the way in that the birthday cake and candles had to remain outside because of the fire regulations. So we don't have the birthday cake, but we do have a a lot of fantastic work that's been done over the last year bringing in many of the, the industry's brightest young talent and, and wrapping them into a lot of the fantastic work that the British Property Federation does, engaging with government and shaping the future of, of, of the real estate industry's uh, policy agenda. Um, and, and Amanda, obviously, you know, you've know you been involved with, with the RSCS for a number of years, and, and in your current role, you're looking at a, a number of areas of disruption. And, and how have you seen the market change throughout your career? And what are some of the most exciting things that you're involved with right now
1: well I think in, in terms of my career um, particularly kind of looking back over 30 years I can literally remember when the first fax machine came into the office and we got we got the fax machine and then we got excited trying to find somebody else who had a fax machine that we could send a fax to and when you see the pace of the that's techn- that's
0: the thing with 140 characters on a, on a sheet of paper <laughs> is it
1: it is and when you think now it's like we don't have a fax machine and the pace of Change around email and just literally how technology has just become normalized in in everybody's life in terms of the working life I think that's been fantastic and you know it's just now how that technology can be used to help both influence the built environment and also be built into it in terms of future proofing it and I think that's incredibly exciting
0: and in, and in terms of the people that that you're looking and that you know you, you see forming that 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 uh, that foundation they're going to have to come from a different sort of background, aren't they?
1: They are. And I think that's where, you know, BPF Futures is really important because it's actually understanding what that next generation of property professional really wants to bring in and what they're seeing and they're using so that we can start to embrace that in in real time.
0: And, And Chris Grigg, British land has obviously been at the forefront of change in a number of areas over the last few years. And, and, you know, you've seen immense change during your tenure. And what have been, you know, what have been some of the highlights?
2: Well, I think the first thing to say is is I agree with you. I think the futures uh, effort by the BPF has just been a terrific thing. I think it'll be something that the industry will see... Uh, or get dividends from for years to come, maybe even decades to, think, to come, and I think it's terrific for everybody who's worked on it. Um, for for me, and I've I've been in uh, in the industry for you know more than nine years. I would say we have seen all sorts of change. We, certainly at British Land, we started to see a real cultural change, much broader range of people involved, and I mean broader in all sorts of senses of that word. Uh, I dare, dare one almost use the diversity word? But but I think just as important as as that is the whole way that the industry is having to change and its heart that's about thinking more clearly about our customers what our customers want and how how they're changing and of course a lot of that itself is a function of technology and that's just driving behavioral change
0: those are those are big shifts and, and the nature of customers, and customers not even a word that used to be used. I mean, pre-2008, you would never hear that word used. It was all tenants, tenants, tenants. And and the nature of, of customers is changing because, obviously, companies, developers are now becoming operators of office space as well as landlords, aren't they?
2: Yeah, I, I, certainly, you're right. I mean, when I arrived in at the beginning of 2009 and started talking about customers, there were people looking at me in quite a strange way. You might argue that hasn't changed, but at least they're for different reasons. Reasons. I think for us, that journey has been, you can argue, has been twofold. We thought to have more continuous discussion with our occupiers. That's something that's relatively new, lots of reasons for that shift. But secondly, we're thinking as much about the people who are actually in those offices, those people who are shopping, and not just the people who are s- signing the leases. That is a change. It sounds a, a bit technical, but at its heart, it is driving, in my view, quite a profound change in what the industry is, is all about.
1: And that's, that's where technology can actually really help, Andrew, as well, because you know if you can get the technology to help provide the information around how customers are actually using the space... It really gives you a unique insight into what they're thinking, how long they're staying somewhere, where they're travelling from to get there, um, what their demographic profile is. And I think if you understand that, then for people like um, like Chris, you can kind of really start to build that into your future thinking.
0: So it's about using your experience to provide analysis rather than, than being there hoovering up loads of data, which is obviously, I suppose, historically what what advisors would have done.
1: Yeah, and um, and you know, so much data is generated. I think it was some, there's there's a really great statistic that half of the world's data was literally created last year, but only 0.8% of it was analyzed. And the really smart bit is getting the right data, getting the right analysis, and then interpreting it in the right way to make the right decisions.
0: So Chris Grigg, in terms of the people that you'll be looking to bring into the business or you know, if you when you future gaze and and you see what what British land could look like 10 20 20 years down the line. You know, from what Amanda's saying, it, it seems like there's going to be a much greater focus on techies and, and coders and, and people from a digital background, rather than the conventional surveying route, which which many come through Reading and, and other such colleges. Is, is that something you, you think about when you, when we talk about the D word? I
2: think I, I would say yes. But I think we have to be careful not just to kind of waive coding or, or or tech as some kind of green card that enables people suddenly to be successful in this, in this industry. I think there's definitely absolutely going to be a need for a wider set of skills. It doesn't mean that surveyors won't be important. It doesn't mean that accountants won't be an important part of what we do. I do think, however, that we're going to need people who have a wider range of skills. But remember... If I'm right about the customer bit, and as Amanda says, th- then actually it's the soft skills that become even
0: more so important. So the empathy, the psychology. All and, that and, stuff and, becomes
2: a critical part. It's not the only part. But if you, you know, if, you, if you have people who only think about buildings in terms of square feet, that is in itself has the potential to be a kind of blind alley, you might argue. But equally, if you've only got coders and nobody to interpret what they're doing, same sort of problem. So I think it's that mix of skills, that mix of experiences, which is going to, as I say, is already shifting the type of place that British land is and and many of our peers and and competitors. And that's true right around the world. It's not just true in the UK. If you talk to big landlords in different parts of the world, they're all struggling with this this same discussion, what it means, how they structure their organisations. Because remember, there are a whole set of consequences for this in terms of the types of organisation that allow greater diversity of skill set, let alone anything else, to thrive. People are not going to want to come into an organisation that thinks that all that's important is that which gets taught at Reading or, you know, taught by the big accountants.
0: How how do, you know, as a listed company, how do you square that with with the, you know, your principal... Aim, which is obviously to keep the shareholders happy. How do how do you balance these things out?
2: I mean, in that particular regard, I don't think there is any balancing to do. I think that, that that set of issues will be as as you know uh, true in a private company as a, as a public company. We may have it on a slightly bigger scale than some. You're certainly
0: scrutinise a lot more. But I mean, for example, when when you know you took a very visible lead recently in terms of shared parental leave, and that was something that that really helped British Land stand out as as you know as as, as Putting its, um, you know, putting its dollar where its mouth was in terms of that that whole. That's di- right, and and we were very pleased with the rea- reaction
2: we got with that. Frankly, in two ways, internally it made a big difference, which was after all really what we were intending. But externally, I think that the flip side of this is you have to be more thoughtful about how you make your organisation one that can. Um, Uh, attract the best people and retain them and what we find is that you know people coming into the workforce um hesitant about uh, uh, using any of the kind of millennial or gen x or whatever but as the people that we're employing today want different things from their employment experience than they wanted even five and certainly 10 let alone 20 years ago and our job is to make sure that we're thoughtful about that
1: and, and there's a couple of things just to build on that, because I think um, if I look back to some work we did as RICS in 2014, um, which was looking at our changing world, let's be ready. So looking forward, future gazing to 2030. Um, the number one concern that was coming out from employers was how do they tackle the war for talent and how do they get the best people into the organisation going forward, which is exactly sort of things like Chris was talking about. But equally for professionals, it was how do I stay relevant? And that's all about embracing technology. And I think that really plays into the workplace of the future. So we've done some work at CBRE looking at portfolio 2040. And what's that going to mean in terms of how people work and where they work? And I think, you know, the one thing you can predict is that the workplace is changing, and you're going to see much, much more flexibility built into that. And equally, you're going to see um, more of a trophy office space that's um, a higher quality a lot more collaboration space so that's effectively why people will come to work and um, actually you can work anywhere so you can work in your cost of coffee you can work in your home you can choose where you want to work but actually coming to the office will be more about actually collaborating and sharing ideas and,
0: and in terms of I suppose some of the ideas that that have shaped you both um Chris Grigg what, what tell us about what, what was the best piece of advice You've been given early on in your career you know if if if, if there were sort of one one or two things well, that I, you could
2: I was trying to think you know what those two things were and and you know over a long career you get a plethora of advice, some of it good, seems good at the time some of it seems terrible at the time you look back and some of it wasn't the same as you thought in terms of quality or, or application. But if I were to uh, boil it down to two things, you know, one of my bosses a long time ago said to me, you know, always belong yourself. In other words, you have to believe in yourself and don't do yourself down because there are enough people in the world who will do that for you. You've got to believe in yourself. And I think that's great advice. I'd give it to anybody. The other piece of advice, which was um, a throwaway line, but I was, always liked, which was don't mess up. And that sounds very trite, but it is still quite important to remember in any part of your job that that day when you're not fully concentrating, you do something stupid, you do something uh, irrelevant, uh, uh, or, or just, you know, um, can be damaging. It usually isn't, but just being do,
0: thoughtful. What, what do you do when you do mess up? How, how would you advise people to deal with that? Well, what is the best way? When, if you screw up somehow, what should you do?
2: I think the, the, the always true advice is be straight about it. Don't cover it up. I mean, that's the only really important piece of advice. If you look at where proper career or company disasters start, they usually start and maybe get further via some form of cover up that can be very grandiose, or it just can be a careless, you know, no, I wasn't there at the time, or no, it wasn't really my fault, gov, or whatever. That's the biggest thing. Because if that happens, the chances are you will get found out Hmm. and then it's always worse than it started and often you know those things have a way of snowballing so I think that's the most important thing just be be straight about it and the other thing which is actually as important in my view is just learn from it you know don't you know stupidity is repeating the same old mistake uh, and we I th- will all make mistakes but I think Stupidity that's it's a- in madness
0: I think as well isn't yeah, it yeah well b- both those <laughs> things but but you know if you can make sure you learn from the mistakes which you will surely make and what's what's been the most meaningful mistake you've learned from you know in in any role not necessarily in the current one Oh, I think that's a you know i I think uh, the great thing about a long
2: career is you 've had the opportunity to make lots and lots of mistakes and and to learn from them i, I guess one oh. of the one of the when I was in a transactional environment long ago in the derivatives business, which I did long before I came into real estate, yeah, I made a mistake that lost us quite a lot of money uh, and that just there, just then, it's a very, in the derivatives business, you can lose money very, very quickly. And that is a, that is a moment where you, A, your kind of career, was such as it was then, passes in front of you, which is never a particularly pleasant experience. And then the second thing is, you, you know, you really, really work hard, work hard not to do that again. And I think that comes back to what I was saying about trying not to re- re- make the same mistake. It's a very acute way of learning.
0: Yeah, no, well, it sounds like you, you seem to recover okay, given... Given, given where you are. So yeah, it didn't it was, feel
2: that way for a while. but No, hey.
0: but I suppose that, but you know, that, that's character shaping kind of stuff, isn't it? I mean, Amanda Clark, tell us about some of the... You know, who's been the most inspirational figure that you've worked with? I mean, you've, you've been at some, some very large advisory firms, haven't you?
1: I have. Um, and I think probably one of the people that I would say helped shape my career in a number of ways was a speechwriter for Margaret Thatcher that I worked with in government. And he was a fabulous uh, gentleman, and actually really taught me how to write. Um, he had a really fantastic way of just adding a number of words in, uh, and shaping what I'd already written. I was writing business cases going to um, going into treasury and cabinet office, and he would just change the subtlety of a number of key words and would really add impact but he would always recognize that people write in different styles and it's important to embrace that difference. so he wouldn't fundamentally change what I'd written and i've I've used that a lot in my own management style to kind of recognize people have different styles of doing things um, and if you can just add a small amount of value to that, that's really important
0: but but the crucialness is, the crucial thing is, is being able to communicate very, very clearly
1: yeah
0: um, and 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 closing we, we've sort of been closing our conversation, Chris Grigg if you could you know if you could offer um you know one really piece of, of of strong advice to the bpf futures community over the next year you know what what would that be what you know what's one thing they they can look to do that that will help help kind of put them on their way and help engage them with with some of what what you know the bpf's doing and what the industry's doing and 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 some of the change that we're seeing around us it's a tough question to to give
2: one piece of advice but but i would say maybe what we're talking about is is, is an industry in a world that is just changing more quickly. And therefore, I think keeping an open mind and, and kind of going with the flow and trying to think about, you know, all the information that's coming into you, where do I want to go? What's the next big sector? Rather than just getting stuck in a rut, I think that applies to people. You know, I've, I've been lucky enough to change career a couple of times. And I think that is all about thinking, hmm, this doesn't feel so good I'm going to move or that sounds really interesting I'm just going to go and give that a go that just give it a go because it feels of the moment I think is something that can
0: work really well for people. And, and Amanda Clack what would what be your piece of advice be to, to a younger self?
1: Um, I would say on that same question, get involved and don't be afraid to have a voice because I think if ever there was a time where we need to be listening to that next generation, so BPF Futures being really key in that is actually, it's about speaking up.
0: I was going to um, say, speaking up.
1: Because your, your opinion really matters and it's never mattered more than it does now.
0: So speaking up, be heard and, and crucially, Chris, get Rick, involved. don't mess
1: up. Exactly. <laughs> <Fantastic>. <laughs> it's better to be, be,
2: be heard and, and recognise that from time to time you will mess up. It's the be heard thing i think is critical
0: well that's fantastic look thank you very much amanda clack from cbre
1: and chris greek from british land and i'm andrew teacher from blackstock